right, thank you for that. And that is the that is the end, you know, when it comes down to it, God's gonna receive his glory. And every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess. And you know, we, we sometimes were rightly so concerned about the things in the world as it is, but at the end of the day, God wins, doesn't he? And he will receive his glory, and we're glad for that. We're glad that we can give him glory now as we open his word and we, uh, we live this life for him. And, um, you know, we, we've been studying through the book of Ruth here, and we're going to come to a section now that we, we've just read, but some of the most wonderful words that, uh, that's, that's penned in, in God's word. And uh, some who have memorialized this, uh, this, this response by Ruth and uh, some of the most inspirational words as far as it comes down to when we think about friendships and relationship and just Ruth's attitude towards the, the, the situation that she finds herself in. And, uh, and if we could, by way of review, just remind ourselves that you know, the, the situation that Ruth and Naomi found themselves weren't, weren't at all easy. They were about to come back to, the, uh, to, to Bethlehem, Judah there. They're about to go back to Naomi's place of origin. And, and they found themselves really in a place where they, they had lost everything that could possibly mean that they had some sort of future. And so they were really in a dis- desperate situation. And, and no doubt there were great challenges in their own personal lives in their own hearts about the things that were coming before them. But, and we've seen already that the discouragement that has come about because of that in Naomi's own life. And yet what we find here is a response of her daughter-in-law, Ruth. And we're going to see someone who responded to these challenges and responded to the, the difficulties of her life with just this character trait of determination. She was determined. You know, we, we tend to look at and think about that word determination. We apply it in different ways. We often would look at some of the, uh, some of the feats of mankind and some of the things that, they, uh, that mankind is able to be accomplished, some of the mountains that have been conquered, some of the distances that have been broached. I was just reading an article this morning about that guy who ran 7,300 kilometers, right, for charity, for something that he believed in for something that he wanted to highlight. And we marvel at the determination of people to overcome obstacles and overcome distances and heights. And we marvel at some of those who maybe we know personally who have their own challenges, who uh, perhaps have some sort of disability or some sort of, uh, some sort of backstory that uh, really, really puts them at a great disadvantage. And we marvel at how, how they come through that and we say they're determined people. And there's many other things, maybe in your own personal life, maybe your, your education, you, you, you battled through and you, uh, you, you needed to get that qualification and you went through all of what you went through to do that and you showed some determination and we marvel at all of that. And, and, and rightly so, it's something, it's a trait that we ought to highlight and we ought to build into even the next generation, one of the things that we study in, in, in generational studies is that there's just a, a, really, when it comes to faith, there's a lack of resilience in the next generation. And we want to build in determination and resilience. And 
What I'm saying is in, in humanity, there's some, something in us when it comes down to things that we found, find important and things that we find some sort of motivation to, we somewhat find a way to show some determination. And yet sometimes when we look at even the lost world and we marvel at that, sometimes when it comes down to the things that we ought to be doing for God, and sometimes the things that we ought to really find importance in, it's those areas that suddenly we don't show any kind of determination. You know, we live in a Western society that has a lot of comforts and it has a lot of conveniences. And even on a day like this, we're reminded that sometimes, sometimes even a little bit of rain can dissuade us from coming to church. And here we are, probably we all drove to church. Probably we all had a roof over our heads and probably we all have some sort of way to avoid getting wet and yet sometimes we use that as a, a bit of an excuse. And, and yet we see in a world today there's greater challenges than rain. There's, there's, we're living in a world where there's many things that can sometimes convince us to not be so determined about God. We live in a world that's very contrary to the things of God. We live in a world that challenges the status quo of what for thousands of years we believe to be truth. And, and yet it's in this day that we live in that we need to show greater determination as God's people. That, that it's not just about the circumstances being ideal or, or, or the, those, those unideal circumstances being used as an excuse to, go, uh, to, go, to, to then give up on the things of God, but it's actually the time now for us to show some determination as God's people. And, and we're going to see that Ruth being the type of the church, it really shows that kind of determination. And I think about the words of the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20, verses, verse 24, one of the greatest verses in the Bible where he says, but none of these things move me. You know, this was a, a man who really was used of God to give us the scriptures and was greatly persecuted for that. But those things, those trials, those challenges, those obstacles, those things that, he, that were thrown at him, he says, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And he, he, he determined in his own self that those things that were before him weren't going to move him away from the course that God had for him. And I think about Ruth and I think about the different things that she was already going through. And yet we see that Ruth is a type of the church. We see firstly that Ruth, in her type, she was in uh, the, the unbelief of God's chosen people leads to her being grafted into the family of God. And there's that great teaching in, in Romans chapter 11, the, the Jews in their rejection of the Lord Jesus uh, precipitated then the time of the Gentiles, the time that we're in now, the church age. And it's a time now where all types of people from different backgrounds all over the, the world can come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. We've been grafted in. And Ruth, being a Gentile, not originally from the nation of Israel, she's been grafted in. She's now part of that, that lineage. And you see that in, in the book of Matthew, and um, you see that in the different genealogies in the New Testament, that we see that Ruth is in that genealogy. And so we see that she's a type of the church in that way, in that she was grafted into the family of God. And, and her determination here that we read to love despite Naomi's rejection of her own heritage 
speaks of another way Ruth is a type of church. Ruth means one a friend, one of compassion. That's what her, her name means. And so she showed compassion even though there was those, and, and particularly in Naomi, those who, who turned her back on God. You know, it's a, she's a type of the church in that she's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And it's, it's, it's a one that's greater than any earthly family. And we know that, uh, that the Lord Jesus himself taught that those who follow him, um, you know, they, they might lose their family. They might lose all of their earthly relationships, but they, they're going to be given a hundredfold, the Bible says. And, and we're grafted into another family. And, and the important part about this is this, and we read in verse 14, we see here that Ruth clave unto her. See, Naomi gave her all these reasons for her to turn back. Naomi gave her all these, these reasons of, that were real. They weren't made up. These were real obstacles and real challenges. And yet in the face of that, we read in the Bible that Ruth clave unto her. And you know, sometimes there's many reasons for us to sort of give up on those that perhaps have turned their back or turned away, and we live in a society full of that, we can sometimes give up on the, the hope of the gospel, and sometimes we go out and we try to tell people about Christ, and we go out and we try to be a testimony, and we try to, try to look for some sort of sign that things are working out, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes we're given more reasons. Sometimes we're given different challenges and dip, different obstacles that, that can, can turn us away and say, well, what's the point? Well, you know, we need to be the type of church, just like Ruth is a type of church, to look at that and go, you know what, I'm going to be determined to follow anyway. I'm going to be determined to just stay my course and recognize what my part is to play here. And, and you know, we need uh, the, the kind of generation now in the challenge that we have as God's people to be like Ruth, to cleave to just stay determined at the course that we're supposed to take, to stay determined to be the kind of people that we ought to be. And, and church, what I'm saying is we've got to be like Ruth. We've got to recognize who it is that we've been grafted into. We've got to recognize that the brokenness of God's people and the brokenness of this world, it's not that it, it, we must not inform our faith and reinforce our faith based on what we see but what we see here in the Word of God. We've got to have a depth of love for those whom God has called us to come alongside of. And, you know, it could be a neighbor, it could be a community, it could just be the church as we work with those that are coming in and God is bringing into the church imperfect people just like us. And yet we're called to just cleave to them, to just come alongside and work and, and, and labor with them. And we've got to seek to be the bridge that brings them to the Redeemer who can rescue them out of their state of darkness and woe. You know what that is? That's true family. And we've got to be Ruth that way. And in these couple of verses, we're going to see some of the most quoted verses about love and friendship. And it's poetic how Ruth responds to Naomi in a word, I want to say, it's just this thing of determination. She just chooses to do what she does, and it makes all the difference. And, and I, want to, I want to challenge you, and I this morning about being that way. Being the kind of determined Christian in a world that's telling us and giving us reasons to turn back. And firstly about that, 
what we see is this kind of determination, it, it, firstly, it's obvious, it overcomes obstacles. You know, determination wouldn't be commendable if it wasn't met with the reality of real obstacles. You know, if, the, if, if running a marathon was easy, then everyone would run a marathon. Well, we understand, you know, there, there are those who just have a determination to get to the end of it, to, to go through and, and run that distance. And, and it's that thing. Sometimes obstacles get in our way. Sometimes the, the real obstacles dissuade us from going forward for God. And certainly when we think about Ruth, she had some real obstacles. And the challenges and the obstacles that come our way, they really give the value of, of, of coming through and going through the journey. You know, I think about the Lord Jesus who, even as great multitudes followed him, he would often, even in his own, uh, in his own way, put, put challenges before them. You know, the Lord Jesus, he would teach hard truths. The Lord Jesus would point out that, you know, the, the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man hath not anywhere to lay his head. And he would put forward the, the reality of the time. And, and yet what we read about so many of those who were in the multitude who were hoping to see a miracle, who were hoping to get a little piece of bread from those baskets of fragments that, that we read about as he fed the 5,000. And as we read all of the things that Jesus did, and yet there were times when he put the challenge of hardship and the challenge of the cost of journeying with, with him, the Bible tells us in John 6, 66, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. There were those that when faced with the reality of the obstacles when it comes to journeying and going forward with Christ, who just decided, well, it's just not enough. And they weren't determined and they turned back. And yet, what I'm saying, it's the obstacles that give determination, when you think about it, it's intrinsic value. Right? If something's too easy to do, it's not as valuable. But when there's difficulties, when it's, it's, it takes a bit of determination, when there's obstacles in the way, that's what determination, that's why it's such a sought-after trait. It's the ability to overcome what's clearly in front of us that makes determination such a value, valuable trait. And, and yet... You know, it's in our nature as, as people for some of us to show determination about some of the most absurd things. You know, years ago, we went to the, the U.S. and it was uh, Independence Day over there. And we thought, let's go and, and let's just look around, see what's happening. It's meant to be their national holiday, right? And, and it was true. It was their national holiday. Nothing was happening. <laughs> and so we, wore, we, we went and we took a, a car trip over to... Um, over to another area there in New York. And on the beach there, we saw a huge crowd and we, we thought, well, what's happening over there? So we followed the crowd a little bit. And what it was, it was that uh, they were having a, a, what it was, a, an annual event that they've always had. And it was a hot dog eating competition. <laughs> right? And, and I, I don't mean to stereotype, but that's so American. But um, they they... And there was a group of people there who were just chomping down on as many hot dogs as they could in the space of two minutes. And, you know, talk about, talk about determination. Some of those, and some of those were, they were into their 200th, and they were dipping their, their, 
dipping their hot dog buns and, and hot dogs in water so that it comes down quicker. And you think about how absurd that is. And yet they wanted to hold the record. They showed some determination. And, you know, we as people, we can show absurdity. Uh, we can show such determination against some of the most absurd things and absurd, uh, absurd obstacles. And yet when it comes to real things, when it comes to things of eternity, sometimes the most smallest obstacles can stop us. And it's just human nature, isn't it, to, to be determined in certain things that we actually find some importance, but it's telling, isn't it? It's telling. It's, it's at those times that actually when it counts that sometimes we don't show the determination that we need. And yet, we understand real determination, it really firstly has to overcome some obstacles. And firstly, I want to say it's obstacles that, that we already know we struggle with. You understand that in the situation where we find Ruth, she was in the very same situation as her mother-in-law. She already understood that she was, she was at a loss. She had a personal loss. She had lost her husband. She had lost her livelihood. She had lost any hope for the future. And there were some real obstacles that she already knew she struggled with. And, and, and let's not forget this morning that Ruth suffered her own setbacks right here. She, she was dealing with her own grief and loss. And there's some of us here that we've got our own obstacles that we already know about. There's some of us here who are still in that loss mentality. We're still, there's obvious things that we struggle with and are real obstacles in our lives. And yet the Bible tells us, if you turn to Galatians chapter 6 really quickly. Galatians chapter 6. Notice verse 1. It says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And notice what he says in verse 2, as in, in the context of restoring someone. He says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We all have burdens. And the, the law of Christ says this, we're supposed to bear one another's burdens, and then in verse 3, For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. In verse 4, But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for every man shall bear his own burden. So in the same, same, same thought line of restoring someone, we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. But for us to be able to do that, we're going to have to bear our own burdens. We're going to have to overcome our own personal struggles at times. We're going to have to look at the, the things that are real struggles that are already evident, and we're going to have to bear that up. And, and I want to just remind you that the good thing about that is this. You know, the Bible tells us that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. The Bible tells us that actually we have one who is our burden bearer, and the Bible tells us that if we would take, our yoke, uh, take His yoke, that if we take the burden with him, that actually he comes alongside and we can rest in him. And I want to tell you that we have a Savior, the Lord Jesus, who even though we have our own burden to bear, Lord, he bears it alongside. And, and don't you agree this morning we have a, a, a Savior who's powerful, who's strong enough 
to bear your burden and everyone else's burden. And so many times we just go about and we just, you know, we think we're alone in it. And we struggle through and, and there's been times where we, we can't even reconcile the obstacle that's in our way, the very real personal struggles we have. And yet we have one who can bear all of that. And we see that Ruth, she had, to, she, had to, she had to overcome through determination the ones that she already struggled with. But, you know, we also have to overcome the ones, that, those obstacles that others point out to us. You know, what we find here in, in the, the next couple of verses is that Naomi, who, by the way, was Ruth's senior, really, someone who had known God and known about the, the law much longer than Ruth did, and yet she was the one pointing out. She was the one pointing out uh, the, the, the obstacles that it was in Ruth's way. And notice in verse 15, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. We read early in verse 14 that the two sisters-in-law, the two daughters-in-law, one was Orpah and the other was Ruth. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law and went back. And, and so, so now Naomi has a, a, a bit of a reference point for her to then to, to, to get, give greater reason, greater obstacles for Ruth. And it's the ones that, that others point out to you. You know, sometimes we want to do something for God and we want to continue for God. And you know what's so helpful is sometimes others then point out the difficulties. <laughs> and, and you know, sometimes it's important to point that out because they're real. But sometimes it's not the, the, the first thing you want to hear, right? You know, I remember again when, when I first got called to ministry. Now, I, and you know the story, I've, I've probably shared it a number of times now, that I came up and I testified to the church. And I remember going back and, and I thought, you know, so many would pat me on the back and say, hey, we're praying for you. And some did, but there were a lot more who said, you know, how could you be in the ministry? <laughs> and how could you, you know, you're, you're just this age and and, you know, we've seen you, you're, you're really shy, and, and how could you get up in front of people? And, and there were so many of those, and those were real, but I didn't appreciate them being pointed out sometimes. But, you know, there's many times where there's just the, the obstacles that our others point out to us. And you know what she said? She said, behold, look at this. And Naomi came with her reasons, and, you know, the, the world will come with its reasons for us to turn back. And at times it could be a critic, at times it could be the hurting. And, and what Naomi pointed out firstly was that Ruth's peers had turned back. She said, behold, your sister-in-law. You know, one of the first reasons that, that the world will give us to turn back on God was look at everyone else who's turned back on God. Look at everyone else. Look, hey, hey Christianity used to be at 80%. Look at it now. It's, it's like, what is it, 43% they go to church. Look at, the, look at the difference in, and the world's going to point these things out, that there are so many who've turned back now and they no longer believe that. And they could just be, the, you, 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 those that have turned back are the ones that we look to and go, you know what, if they did, then we do. So Naomi points out that Ruth's peers had turned back. Naomi also points out that there's other ways to feel secure. You know what Orpah did? She had gone back unto her people. And, and, you know, sometimes what we're, we're wanting is just to get a sense of security. And he's saying, you know, uh, Naomi's saying, hey, hey, Ruth, listen, there's other ways, there's other means for you to go back to your people. 
Naomi also pointed out that there's other alternative gods. You know, she said, unto her gods. I think there's, there's others that you could just worship. There's others that you can lift up. And yes, they're little g-gods. The, the Bible's very clear on that. But there are ones that you can worship, and there's other ones that you can follow after. And, and, and you know, there's so many that, that in, in alternative to God, real God, the one true God, they start to worship other little g-gods. And they find comfort and they find security in that. And, and yet we know that all of those things will be dissolved one day. And Naomi also pointed out that she could choose that too. She says, you could go after thy sister-in-law just like her. And you know, sometimes the, the enemy will, will point out to us other alternatives. Point out to us that, you know, there's, there's other choices. You don't have to have to be so determined in the face of obstacles. You can choose another way. And we've got to be careful the, the ones that others point out to us. But, you know, there's also just the ones that stop others. And Orpah here, we can highlight a little bit in verse 15, because that's the reference point. She said, Behold thy sister-in-law, who was at Orpah. And Orpah had indeed chosen this path. She had indeed decided not to show determination. She had just decided that it would be far easier for her to go back to her people, to go back to following other gods, to go back and, and change course and, and, and to give up on what could be in the future. And there's the ones that, other, that stop others. We could sometimes look at others. We can sometimes look at the reasons of others for why they gone back. And, you know, there's a real trend today of those who used to be, even really personally, just those who were quite famous in Christendom, who wrote books and said many different things who suddenly, and there's a name for them, they're called deconstructionists. And they're deconstructed in their faith. They've, they've just gone back. And they've gone back and denied God and gone back and we could look at all their reasonings and they're, they're pointing them out. They're, they're writing books about it. And sometimes it's the ones that stop others that get in our way. We say, well, they did it, then... We, we've got to do it too. And there's a world of people who have turned back and were spooked by the obstacles presented by life and others. And, you know, it's interesting what the, the name Orpah means. Remember, the, the name Ruth means friend, the compassionate one. But you know what Orpah means? Orpah means a gazelle. You know what a gazelle is? It's, a, it's, a, it's the prey. Right in the in the savanna, when when there's animals out there, these are getting stalked by the lions. And and the lions come about, and they, just like the devil is a roaring lion, seeking about who may who he may devour. And you know, there's there's a lot of orpas or gazelles out there, who are spooked by the obstacles of the world. And there's no security and they're fleeting and suddenly a roar here and suddenly they're off. And the, that idea of, of Orpah was her, the, the back of her neck is what they saw. She turned. And you know, the, the world wants to spook us away from following after Christ. The, the devil is a master at giving us reasons not to continue to follow. And too many times, it's the obstacles that just get in their way. There's a world of people who've turned back. And yet, what we find is, is as God's people, we're supposed to go through difficult times. 
we're supposed to go through obstacles. And, and the Bible tells us in Proverbs 17, 17, it's a friend that loves at all times. And it's a brother who's born for adversity. And so many times there's different reasons and different obstacles given. And yet, I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you to show some determination. But how do we have that kind of determination? It's given to us here in verse 16. Notice Ruth's response to that. And I love these, these verses, uh, this verse and the words. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And here's the critical part. And thy God, my God. You know, what her determination was based on, it was grounded on truth. You know, there's, there's, there's many reasons we can give, but you know, the, the greatest reason is just we know truth. See, there was a recognition from Ruth that Naomi had a real faith at some point that needed to be helped. And by her own admission here, Ruth had also taken God, the real God, as her own God. And this is the truth that allowed Ruth to have determination. And this is the truth that we have. We know God. Do you know God? Was there ever a time where you understood who God is and what God did for you on the cross of Calvary? Was there a time where you understood who the one true God is and you started to stop playing around with the other little G-gods? And that's the thing that's going to give you determination. When you understand who God is and you understand who He is from His Word, then we can ground ourselves in something that is immovable. And determination has got to be grounded on truth. I think about the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and there they were. The king had declared that when the music plays, they ought to bow down to that statue of him. And, and yet there they were, as the music played, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't bend. And we know that they later on, because of that, they were, they were, they were convicted of that crime. And what did they do? They went right to the furnace in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. If it be so, if, if it be so our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, <laughs> we still won't. <laughs> and what I'm saying is they knew God. They showed determination and the determination has got to be grounded on an absolute. You know, knowing God and knowing his nature, knowing his promises, it helps us continue through times of difficulty. And I don't know about you, but we, when we are going through times when we could reason to turn back, it's the very words of God and the very, the very God himself who so many times comes into my thought and my heart to say, you know what, do you remember who I am? You know, I think about Moses who, Moses had a great calling who ran away into the backside of the desert, backside of the wilderness, and there he was after so many years, probably thinking in his mind, there's no, other, there's no way I'm going to get back to what I was doing. I'm just satisfied now being a shepherd, looking after a flock. And yet, there he found himself in the mount of God and the burning bush experience. And he gets called back into, uh, into the, the work that he has. And here he was questioning whether he could. He says, I, I, I'm not even eloquent. I don't even know how to speak. And God reminds him, who made the tongue? And then he gives all these reasons. And then he says, whom should say sent me? You know how God reinforces that? He just says, I am. <laughs> I am. Tell him I am sent you. 
And you know, the, the thing that sometimes we can have give reasons for us to turn back. You know how, how God reinforces that? You know how God helps us to keep going? He reminds us who He is. And we've got to remind, be reminded sometimes. That's why it's so important to stay in the Word. That's why it's so important to just be around God's people and to, to, uh, to put your, your, your obstacles and your challenges in light of what the Scriptures tell us. And determination's got to be grounded on an absolute. And, and this truth was the very thing that drove her to continue to cleave unto Naomi. You know, this truth, it drove her decision-making. Notice again in verse 16, he says, Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee. You know, that was a decision. She, she didn't allow other, other truths to make up her mind for her. She didn't allow other circumstances to be the guiding force in her life. No, that, that truth of who God is, thy God is my God, was the thing that drove her decision-making. And I wonder if that drives our decision-making. You know, when we, we tend to want to give up, when we tend to want to throw in the towel, when we tend to want to just call it a day. I wonder if that's the truth that drives our decision-making. But this truth also directed her steps. Notice what it said. Whither thou goest, I will go. She said, you know, don't entreat me to leave. Don't entreat me to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. It directed her steps. It directed her ability to take one step further. And, and you know what truth always does? Truth will always direct us. Truth will always highlight the way. And truth with determination will keep us going that direction. But then this truth also destined her a place. Notice verse 16 again. It says, I will, whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And you, you think about lodging. Lodging has to do with finding your place of contentment. It's a place of comfort. And the truth of God allowed her to a sense of contentment where she was going with Naomi. We know later on it was ultimately Bethlehem. It was going to be a house of bread. It was going to be the place where she finds fulfillment again. But, but truth helps us be destined to be where we're supposed to go. And in Luke chapter 9... Again, verses 57 to 58, And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. You know, the, the place of contentment for the Christian is in a certain place. It's in God. It's understanding that our place is with Him. And so it's a, it's a truth that destined her a place. It was also a truth that decided where she belonged. Notice what she says. She says, where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And notice this declaration, thy people shall be my people. She, she placed her belonging in, in Naomi's people. And I want to remind you again this morning, Ruth comes from the outside. She, she, didn't, come from, she didn't come from Israel. She was a, she was a Moabite. She, she was someone who was outside of God's people, and yet she was grafted in. She was, she, she, her belonging changed. And so, you know, sometimes we forget that as God's people, we've, made, we've gone from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We've been placed in God's family. And we forget that our belonging now isn't under the supervision 
of this world and the little G God of this world, we're now put into a new family and we're in the family of God. And we have new belonging. And the Bible even tells us that those who have been orphaned by the world find their belonging in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this truth decided her belonging. And, you know, Ruth comes from the outside and so this has more weight. And so many of us as God's people should take heed. How quickly do we dismiss this belonging over perceived hypocrisy without ever going back to the truth that made us belong in the first place? You know, all of us here are imperfect people saved by a perfect Savior. And none of us here can judge and look at others' lives and go, you know how hypocritical that is? And there's times where we're at some point hypocritical. There's times where God's people let us down. There's times where God's people are far less than they should be. But that's a reality about all of us, not just some of us. <laughs> and sometimes we misplace our belonging based on those others, but we're supposed to place our belonging on this truth. We know who God is. But at the end, it was a truth that defined her, because in verse 17, she makes this declaration, Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried, and the Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. And again, beautiful words of, of commitment, of determination, and the truth defined her, and she was not going to be moved. She was going to make it right through to the very, very end, and she was, she was going to be there, and we see that. And what it was, it was a truth worth dying for. <laughs> it, was a, it was a truth that at the end... It determined all of her steps. It determined her direction. It determined her belonging. It determined all of that. But it was a, it was a determination grounded on truth. You know, you, sometimes that's the thing that, that wakes us up to the reality of our commitment and the reality of what we truly believe, right? It's the thing that stops us sometimes. It's the things that de derail us, that highlight for us what we really believe. You know, it's easy to declare that we believe God when everything's going right. It's easy for us to believe to, to say we're God's people when it just seems to be God's people are doing what God's people do. <laughs> it's easy for us to say, hey, you know, we keep going here and, and when we know there's a very real answer, but when all of that is taken away, Actually, that's the thing when we know if we actually value the truth or not. That's the time where we know whether our, our faith is based on the right things or not. And determination has to be grounded on that truth. And so how are we growing in that? What are the things that we're doing to reinforce and maybe even strengthen the truth of who God is and the truth of God's Word in our lives? You know, so many who just... The, the, from the very outset, we, we've just got to make up our minds that we've got, to, that we've, got to, we've got to believe in that truth and believe in God's Word. And, and then the last thing is, as we think about determination, notice verses 18 and 19. Notice Naomi now, when she saw that she, Ruth, was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. You know what will... Stop the mouths of the critics. 
you know what will stop the mouths of those who are giving reasons to turn back? Is if we show some steadfastness about us. She was steadfast. And notice then verse 19, the first part, we'll pick it up there next time we meet. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And the last thing I want to say this is determination produces effectual outcomes. Because it affected Naomi. Now, don't, don't underestimate what a little bit of determination, what effect that will have on those who are observing us. Don't underestimate how effective you could be by just sticking with it. And, you know, as churches, sometimes we see churches disband for different reasons and come, become divided. And sometimes it's, it's ridiculous things. Sometimes it's, it's just so temporal. And yet, you know, what, what really testifies to a community is, is when a church goes through a, a difficult time and when God's people goes through a difficult time and just, they just remain the same. They just remain steadfast of mind. They just remain committed to God. They just remain, they just remain preaching the gospel. They just remain relying on the word of God. They just remain uh, calm and collected in the face of trouble. And determination produces effectual outcomes. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded, and so they too went until they went to Bethlehem. You know, sometimes our determination doesn't yield any lasting difference. You know, I've seen a lot of young people become determined in their video games. It doesn't make an iota of difference. It's just a high school. But yet when we're determined to make a difference because of our belief in God and His work in others, then it will make all the difference. You know, I just heard a story this week. I was sitting with someone about just, just where they're at and they were saying, you know, they, they've just gone through a little bit of discouragement recently and, and they got on a train one day and, you know, they were just feeling sorry for themselves. Anyone ever been there? Just sitting, sitting there feeling sorry for yourself? So he was sitting there just feeling sorry for himself and just asking, you know, whether, whether God's even used him or whether God's even, even seen the things that he was doing for the Lord. And he was just really feeling sorry for himself. And God got his attention. He was sitting in a train just on his own, he felt. And a family had come into the train and he didn't really notice, but God got his attention about this family. And so he immediately turned his head as he was just feeling sorry for himself and he saw this family, he came up to them and he said, hey, um, do I know you from somewhere? And it turned out this was a family, uh, it, was a, it was a Sudanese family that he had, he, he had won to the Lord 11 years ago. <laughs> and he didn't know where they went, they had moved out of town, but he had worked extensively with this family's brother who tragically, about five or six years ago, drowned in a, in, a, in a swimming hole in the Blue Mountains. And from then, they lost touch. And, and, and you know what? They, that family, they said, hey, you know, we, we, we moved to another, another suburb, but, you know, we still have the Bibles you gave us. We still remember when you were there at my, our, our brother's funeral, and we're still going to church. You know, I think about that story, and so sometimes God doesn't give us a glimpse of what the effect is. But I want to tell you, when we're determined, there's an effectual outcome. That makes a difference. 
And, and I think about that, and I think about just the, the, the encouragement that that would have had in that person's life. And, and yet we're sometimes so unaware of the difference that little decisions make to just stay determined. And you know, the, these, the outcome of Ruth's determination, firstly, what we see here, it convinced Naomi of Ruth's character. Naomi understood that she was steadfastly minded. This was a turning point. You know, Naomi could no longer deny Ruth's commitment to her and God. Naomi, now, she had to understand that she was going to journey here. That no matter the, the, the obstacles and no matter the reasoning that Naomi gave Ruth, that Ruth was in it for the long run. And I, I think this was a turning point for Naomi. And that's character. And so, so she was left speaking. You know, she, no more words necessary. And Ruth's character turned the tide on Naomi's conjecture. And so many times, the, the things that, that are brought to our attention by others, the only answer to it is to just keep going is to be determined. But it also, at the end, it committed Naomi to accept Ruth's support. And I love that, this, this little phrase here, so they too went. They kept journeying. You know, they kept at it, and they, they understood, there was an understanding now that this was going to be a journey they took together. And in Amos 3.3, can two walk together except they be agreed? And the agreement here was that Ruth was going and Naomi needed her. You know, sometimes that's what it takes at times as well to, to journey with people. It's to just say, I'm going to be here. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to, I'm going to keep just checking in. I'm just going to keep doing this and I'm just going to keep following God and I'm just going to keep faithful and I'm just going to keep going for the Lord and I'm just going to keep just, just, uh, just being determined and sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes what comes before God can convince. Sometimes it's, it's what we do for God that convinces others in the long run. You know, sometimes it's, it's the thing that people observe of us. You know, I think about this scripture in 2 Corinthians 3, 2. You are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. You know, I, I, I have loved ones, I have friends, and I have those that I've won to Christ who just have turned their back. I have some, you know, who, who I thought would go on and just do great things for the Lord who suddenly, just for whatever reason, have turned their back away. And, and I, I think sometimes about the, the times that they're missing out on the, the Word of God and how that testifies to them. And, and you know, you know the, the thing that they still have, though, is they still can observe me. They can still observe how I live. They can still observe if I'm being faithful. They can still observe if I'm, I, I'm, I'm living the way I said I was going to live. They're, they're still looking at, you know, the pictures of my family and I on those different platforms. They're still at times running into us and there's still times where they ask how we've been. And you know what? We've got, an epistle. We've got to be in an epistle. We've got to be the Bible that someone else is reading at times. And we've got to be the ones that show some determination in the face of great challenges because there are those who are observing and that's the only thing that will convince them. You know, what the world needs to see are God's people who are convinced of God. You know what that is? You're, you're people of conviction. And we need to face, we're going to face greater challenges. 
There's going to be other obstacles thrown our way. There's some of those obstacles you're dealing with right now. And the only answer to it is determination. A determination grounded on who God is. And, you know, in the end, this is a story, really, when we think about Ruth, of one person's commitment to be a friend. It was one person's commitment to help another. And I want to tell you, in a world where people are lost, broken, or hurting, we who are also having to overcome our own personal struggle at times, but with the difference of Christ in us, we've got to show determination to be a helping hand to those around us. And as Ruth is a type of the church, we, the church today, we've got to show the same determination to overcome our burdens through a grounded determination that's firmly established in the truth of God. And that's how we're going to make a difference in a world that's needful of change, full of people that God can work in, but full of people who have their own obstacles. Uh, We live in a world that's got a lot of things that can throw at us that can dissuade us away, but I want to tell you the only answer to it is just being determined in who God is. And I want to remind you that God is worthy to follow. That at the end, if we follow God, it's not just an effect in us, it's just an effect in those around us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come. Lord, I know, dear God, that it's easy to say be determined. And yet, Lord, it is when met with reality and met with the the real obstacles of life, that's when determination really shows its true value. And Lord, I, I know, dear God, that Lord, even you who is perfect, you had to endure the cross despising the shame. And yet, Lord, you did show that determination to get to the place where you could lay your life down on the cross of Calvary and shed your blood for us and pay for the sins that we couldn't pay for. And because of that, the effectual outcome of that, Lord, is just salvation for all. And so I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to see the example of Ruth, but also, Lord, just the example of you. Lord, to help us to be determined in this day of great challenges, of this day of great obstacles for the faith. I pray that you'd help us to stick by, Lord, who we are in you and stick by who you are, dear God. And then, Father, Lord, that we might, we might see some great things happen in our lives and, Lord, for your glory in our community. And, Lord, I pray that you just help us, Lord, to be that, that kind of Christian in this day and age. And we're going to have a time of invitation. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're just going to reflect now and during this time on, on where we're at. Maybe there's some obstacles that God brought in your mind that you just need to come back and say, Lord, I know that this is in my way. Help me, dear God, to show some determination during this time. And maybe God's brought to mind some others that you just need to, you've stopped praying for, that you need to continue to pray for. Maybe there's, there's some things that you've used as an excuse to stop being, being, being fervent for the Lord in your prayer, in your Bible reading, in your, in your service, whatever it is, I, I want to challenge you to, to bring that before the Lord and say, Lord, despite this all and recognizing this, I need the Lord, just your, your determination in my heart to just keep going. And Maybe there's some here that have never known Christ as their Savior. I want to give you an opportunity today. Maybe today would be the day that you could be saved. The Bible tells us today is the day of salvation. Maybe there's never been a time where you put your faith and trust in Christ. And, and I pray that you don't leave this place without knowing. Maybe you're watching online. Please reach out on, 
on our different ways, our different contact forms. We'd love to show you from the Word of God how you can be saved. But as the piano plays, let's just uh, let's just respond to the Word of the Lord and let's respond to the Lord this morning.